You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ryan Connell. I'm Lynn Frere, and this is the Earn and Invest Podcast. My wife and I have gone over it again and again. I pulled back from full-time work and she is grinding it out in the nine to five at a job that she often loves. Yet there are times when Sunday night rolls around that the last thing she wants to do is wake up for work in the morning. My answer is simple and always the same. We have enough money, quit. Which sounds great for a moment, but then a look of worry crosses over both of our faces. My son just started on a new medicine for a long-term GI disorder, and it costs thousands of dollars a week. What about healthcare costs? It is the great bane of our early retirement planning. It is not only expensive to leave the protective cocoon of employer-provided healthcare, but also risky. How the heck does one calculate their healthcare costs over a year, a decade, and early retirement? Ryan Connell worked for 15 years as a systems engineer, identifying the heart of complex problems and leading teams to solve them. He left his engineering career in 2022 to start living more deliberately and find a new path in life thanks to the financial independence retire early movement. Lynn Frere is a healthcare expert and personal finance enthusiast, nurse, and accidental entrepreneur who started investing her babysitting money at age of 12. After a brain tumor in her 20s wiped out her savings, she rebuilt up her investments and retired at age 40. She is the site owner of phihealthcare.com and also the financialsavvynurse.com. Ryan and Lynn, welcome to Earn and Invest. Lynn, let's talk about healthcare costs in general. Are they, or more precisely, the fear about them ruining people's financial independence dreams? I think that This is the area that people are most afraid to tackle. It is the most unknowable cost. It is the most fear-laden area of financial independence, and I frankly think it holds people back. I mean, Ryan, you pretty much just had a drastic change of lifestyle in 2022. How big a concern for you were healthcare costs going forward? So healthcare is a big concern for my family because in my family, we tend to hit our out-of-pocket maximum pretty regularly, at least for some members of my family. And when you have that kind of ongoing chronic expense, like you were giving in your scenario, the um, story of your son, 
that can um, impact your finances quite a bit. But looking towards the future, I'm not as concerned about it because this calculator that we've put together puts a an estimate, a ballpark as to how big that number is. And it's not it tends not to be millions of dollars. It tends to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And relative to everything else we have to save for, for FI, that's uh, a tackleable number to go get. Lynn, in a moment, we're going to talk about the calculator itself. But before we get there, what are the options? Like a lot of us are saying, hey, we want to leave our jobs. Most of our lives, we've been getting our health care through our employers. What are kind of the post-retire early options out there for people to even consider? That is the question that I was seeking to answer myself when before we headed into an early-ish retirement for about four years. And so I interviewed hundreds of people, actually thousands now at this point, and I compiled a list of them. And there's about 21 of them. The most, I'll just briefly list the most common ways that people do healthcare in early retirement is they go on to the exchange which is healthcare.gov. Frankly, I like the site healthsherpa.com. And they look up, they shop for a plan, kind of like you could go to Costco or you could go to Safeway. You can buy healthcare in a few different ways. So healthsherpa.com is what I recommend or healthcare.gov. That's one major way to do it. The other alternative that I see in the in financial independence retire early group is to do something called a health sharing ministry, which is an alternative to healthcare, costs less, but there are a lot of cons because it's not traditional insurance. You can be excluded for pre-existing conditions. And there are some cautions that I have that I list on my site at fihealthcare.com. So those are the two main things I see. There's about 20 major options, but healthsherpa.com or healthcare.gov and a health sharing ministry are the two major options I see for the FIRE movement. So today, we're not going to spend a huge amount of time discussing how, which is what you just talked about, Lynn, this how we actually get healthcare. Mm -hmm. More specifically, Ryan, we want to focus on how much you guys on the FI Healthcare website talk about your FI or financial independence healthcare number. Let's start with that, Ryan. What is that FI healthcare number? And is it related to the safe withdrawal rate that we commonly think about when we're talking about spending in general in retirement? Yes, it is. When you look at the uh, blog post that we have together to explain the whole thing, we start off by putting it and framing it in that safe withdrawal rate context. Normally, people take their annual expenses and then they will multiply it by something like 25, which is associated with a 4% safe withdrawal rate to come up with what their total FI number is. How much do they need to have in investments to cover their expenses for the rest of their life? That kind of goes all the way back to the Trinity study if this stuff is new to you. From a healthcare perspective, that can be really difficult to do because a lot of people that are getting into FIRE are in their 20s and 30s, and their health expenses are lower for a number of reasons we'll probably talk about today. But if you start extrapolating those lower health expenses, you probably are not going to appropriately cover your health expenses throughout your life because they're going to go up as you go older for numerous reasons. What we do in order to handle that is you come up with your regular FI number and you take out any expenses you have related to healthcare in the sense of your premium, your deductible, and your out-of-pocket, your copay, coinsurance type expenses. And then you add back in this number from the calculator that propagates forward and handles your increases in expenses and what to see in the future to come up with a new total number in investments. So it builds off of that um 
that safe withdrawal rate approach, but it handles the fact that healthcare does not scale in the same way that the rest of your expenses tend to scale over your life. So Lynn, let me see if I have this straight. So the idea is healthcare costs have been a little bit of a black box up to now. So what you guys are suggesting is let's look at that financial independence number, the 25 times, let's say, your yearly spending, but let's separate out healthcare so that we can have kind of a non-healthcare number. And then you guys have now created this calculator, this way of actually adding in now more of just the healthcare associated costs. Do I have that right? Yeah, you have that right because the calculator will take into effect, and we can talk about these in more detail if you like, um, effects like the fact that healthcare tends to have higher inflation than a lot of your other expenses have. The cost of your premiums are going to go up in addition to inflation based on your age as you get older. And then the expenses you have today out of pocket may not be the same as expenses you have out of pocket when you have more health concerns as you get older. So it allows you to put those type of conditions and contingencies in and see what it does to the number and whether it causes your fire plan to fall apart or whether it's something that you can handle. Lynn, I want to get into more specifics about the different variables. But before we do, it's kind of a fun story of how you guys came up with this calculator. (laughs) I've gone to your website. There is a fairly complex calculus type equation there. This is not something someone just thought up over a moment. Tell me the story about how you came up with this idea of a calculator and how it was actually built. I love this story. So it's been a number of years where I've wanted some sort of solution to this that was very beautiful and easy to use. And But I do know that my skills and research alone would not get us there, at least not to the level of complexity that I wanted. So I put out an ask in 2021 at Camp Fi in July. And Camp Fi is this gathering for financial independence, people who are interested in that for this idea. And I got some interest, but we didn't get there. And then the following year, I'd actually had uh, long COVID and it had affected how my brain thought. And I kind of lost these equation portions that had been floating around in my brain. I could no longer access that. So I just kind of made a deal that, and I, that if I were able to access this information again, if my brain were to start to return, that I would start taking these things that I have in my head and making them available for other people to use. And my brain started coming back. So I had to make good on it. And I announced to the group, I'd love to make this equation. I'd love to actually get it out into this world. And I think the group here has the people who can do it. And so several people answered that and we stayed up pretty late. I think there were probably some alcohol beverages, <laughs> you know, it was very, very fun. And it was amazing to watch these talented, you know, software engineers, teachers, mathematicians, a nurse creating this equation on the board, like a beautiful mind. And we actually did it. Ryan was absolutely pivotal in ushering all of us and has been a key part of this. And also Aaron Ostervelt, who actually created it and got it out into the world as a workable equation. So it's, I think, a beautiful story of what can happen when people have the time and bandwidth to create something and get it out into the world. Ryan, in a moment, we're going to talk about specifically how the calculator works, but did you do any post-testing? All right, so you sat together, you had a group of experts, people from various fields. You come up with this equation. 
how did you know it was going to work? Like, how did you know that this was actually true to form and would create numbers that were reasonable? So a couple things to that. One is we had a really diverse group there at Camp Phi. We had people that were pre, we had people that were post Phi. We had people from lots of different states. We had people that were about to get on Medicare. And so the first thing we had was this diverse group of technical people looking at the equation and the results coming out and sort of using it as a sanity check, as a gut check. The second one was, as as Lynn mentioned, the beautiful mind, that um, a lot of the people are very technical. And so they're looking at the equation also from a technical perspective. But you need to understand that this is the first step. Like this is sort of almost like the Trinity study moment in looking at healthcare costs for fire. And so what we acknowledged along the way is that we're limited in how many different effects that we can we can look at. There's not really historical information that we can we can use. The policy has changed a lot on healthcare over the last 10 years, so that also limits what you can look at. So I think that this is a this is the best number and approach we have to estimating this for people, and I think it's going to continue to grow and evolve as people look at it and provide feedback over the coming years and decades. And I look forward to it getting even more effects into place. Like you look at safe withdrawal rate and all the work and building that's happened on people analyzing safe withdrawal rate, that same level of rigor can get put into estimating healthcare costs. This is just the first step. And Ryan, as I said, when I looked at your blog post about this, there's obviously a complex mathematical equation there. Can you break it down in simple terms for people listening? How does it generally work, the calculator? So the the calculator generally works by splitting your life up into two periods. We have traditional healthcare where you're going to have your premiums and your deductibles and your coinsurance slash copays. And then you're going to have the Medicare portion of your life later. Each year of your life, It's going to propagate forward and look at inflation and the effects of you being older. So so not everybody realizes this, but for the exact same coverage, somebody who's 60 years old pays a much higher premium than someone who's 20 years old. Age is not a protected class when it comes to healthcare expenses. So it handles that general effect based on the laws and what we saw in some of the data. So I actually went that uh, next morning after we did the analysis and went onto the exchanges and put myself in as different ages to sanity check that we had that age scaling in there appropriately. It'll propagate forward and say, okay, 20 years from now or or one year from now, I'm going to be one year older and we're going to have one more year of inflation. This is what my health expenses are going to be. And then I come back and figure out how much do you need to have in investments today so that you have that amount of money one year in the future. So it's a present value to future value for your health expenses, and then a future value to present value calculation for how much you need in investments. And that just gets repeated throughout your entire life that you have left. So Lynn, I was playing around on the website and I'm looking at this calculator. One thing I'm surprised about is there's just not a huge number of variables that you have to input to make this calculation. Talk about some of the variables that need to be inputted in order for us to get an idea of what our costs are going to be. So what we wanted to do was make this simple to use so people would actually use it, but also accurate. So we took the variables and broke them into two chunks, the required variables and the optional variables. So at the top, you'll see the required variables, which is something we simply cannot know for you, your premium, your out-of-pocket max, and such. And then if you expand it, you'll see more optional variables that you can play with 
We gave you a suggestion to start with, but there are things like healthcare inflation. And so those are things that people can play with, just like with safe withdrawal rates, you can dial it up and down and you can play with that yourself. We recommend that this get looked at every year or every two years when things change so that you can adjust your plan. But the variables are very intentionally meant to be simple, but also can be as complex as you want. So Ryan, I get it. When we're talking about financial independence and looking at a net worth number, we realize there's variance. And the way we make up for that variance, right, is we look at our yearly spending and we can say, well, there's variance in how people spend yearly, but we could look at what they spend every year and multiply it by 25. And that gives us an idea of a general net worth number necessary to support our needs without bringing more income. When it comes to healthcare, it's a little bit more confusing, right? Because it's hard to understand what the variance will be. We don't know if one person will get into a car accident or another person will get colon cancer. Those are things that are not as controllable, for instance, as how much we decide to spend on ourselves every year. How does the calculator make up for such a wide variance of healthcare outcomes? Yeah, that was one of the core pieces. And that's one of the things that Lynn had rattling around her mind that she talked about earlier that that came to the table. A lot of people, when they think about estimating expenses, they tend to do it from a health expense tool perspective. And healthcare is a real big misnomer there because if you're coming from a corporate type environment, your health expenses tend to be subsidized. And then what's left and a lot of what you have to pay actually comes out of your paycheck before it even hits, hits those health expenses. So that's, an, that's one of the places where you may have a blind sight when you're doing your safe withdrawal calculation and not realize it. One of the things we did with the calculator was instead of doing a bottoms up individual itemization of people's health expenses, like I have this medication and it's this much per month and I'm going to plan to go to this doctor and it's this much twice or once every two years, is let people just put in average approaches to their health expenses. And we did it in two ways. The first one is what is sort of your baseline health expenses? If you're somebody who tends to be healthy, you might say that you're going to plan to have enough money in this bucket so that you could cover, say, 30% of your deductible every single year. So that'll cover all of your general background type expenses for a healthy person, let's say. And then separately, people have these events during their lives. They might have a surgery or a car accident, like you mentioned, Doc G, or they might have a birth in their family. And we allow people to say one out of every so many years, I expect one of these major life events to happen. And then the calculator takes those averages and just says, this is how much you're going to spend on average each year. And we don't have to worry about all the details. And the beauty of that also is if you have someone like someone in my family that suddenly gets into a chronic condition and hits their out-of-pocket maximum regularly, you can run the calculator where I hit my out-of-pocket maximum one out of every year. And so each year I'm going to hit that number. And what is the worst case scenario for in-network health expenses that I have to deal with? So that's how we handled the avoiding the minutia and making this approachable to people similar to how the safe withdrawal rate is approachable for people. Lynn, talk about the dual nature of healthcare we have in the United States, right? Up into a certain age, we generally have private healthcare of some form or another, And then we all go on Medicare. Talk about the difficulties of figuring out this calculator when there's that stark change, right? When you hit, you know, whatever it is, 65. In some ways, it's easier to calculate once you hit 65 because you have more of a fixed constant. 
after the age of Medicare, you have Medicare covering, and depends on the data you look at, but about 80% of your expenses, 80-86%. So in some ways, it becomes easier. Before that is this huge variable, and that's the part that I think was is the part that is harder to calculate, harder to foresee in a way. Ryan, as we were talking about, like this idea that you go from private health insurance to Medicare obviously changes some of the calculations. And that's something you guys were very thoughtful about doing. The other possibility, right, is that legislation in the United States changes, which changes the way in which we pay for health care. Tell me how you think that'll affect your calculator. Will it have a major effect if there's new legislation, if Medicare age, for instance, is decreased from 65 to 60 or all the other things we're kind of playing with out there in the world and trying to figure out how to make healthcare more affordable? Do you think it's going to change the calculator? Absolutely. I think that there's a number of things that are effectively kind of open for conversation on the calculator. And one of the big things is policy changes in the future. If anything moves towards universal health care, if there's a there's a shift, I mean it's extreme end, right? If if pre-existing conditions were no longer covered for some reason, that would really make an impact to people's lives. So similar to tax laws and investment type laws, if there's a big shift in in what is available to people and how things happen, then this calculator needs to be updated. And more importantly, people need to go in and they need to reevaluate what their position is and, and what is needed. Lynn, was that kind of the thought process in the beginning that this will be kind of the baseline and over a year, two years, five years, you'll modify the calculator based on what's happening in the legislation today? Yes. You know, changing the age of Medicare is a very easy thing for our calculator on the back end. We just adjust one of the inputs. We'll see this coming. If Medicare age is really going to be proposed change, we'll get many years notice of that very likely. But there are a lot of things that dynamically change throughout the year. And a lot of those variables are accounted for in people's individual inputs. That's why we know that this is a changing landscape and we're trying to harness what is sort of this unknowable number. I have been lucky enough to talk with some of the highest echelons within healthcare, healthcare cost, healthcare cost transparency, the people who go in front of government to see, are they able to get better data than what we are able to find? And it's very opaque area. So I'm very proud of what this calculator was able to accomplish. And I think by making it transparent, by making the equation transparent, by making it a downloadable and editable form, making this completely open is a very, very good starting point that we can just iterate and improve from. Lynn, I've noticed that because you've been interested in healthcare from the financial independence perspective, you've spent a lot of time looking at policy and costs over the last few years. Had anything like this ever existed before? Was there ever a calculator of any clarity that people could use to start looking at these things in the past? I was not able to find any, and I have searched for many, many years. I've asked thousands of people. I asked people who run their own financial services companies. They would love something like this, but they couldn't find it. And if it exists, then I'd love to unite with them. But if it does exist, I feel like it's being hidden and not available to the consumers. And I just wanted this to be available for users. I feel like this is an area, an industry that is so opaque. 
I find it unacceptable. And I think we need to change that. We are talking to Ryan Connell, who worked 15 years as systems engineer, identifying the heart of complex problems and leading teams to solve them, as well as Lynn Frere, who is a healthcare expert and personal finance enthusiast, nurse, and accidental entrepreneur. And we are talking about how to calculate the cost of healthcare for people interested in financial independence or retiring early. We are going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. All right, so most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is there's something better, and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago, and I knew immediately that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor. And it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner, and now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com slash E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer-focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. You know what? I love our meals from Factor. My son started getting them about a year ago when he needed a quick alternative to meals on the go. But where we've really enjoyed them is we've been remodeling our kitchen. That's right. We've had no access to our kitchen for the last few weeks. And some nights, we just had no idea what to do for a meal. That is where Factor came in. We would just pop the meal in the microwave, and two minutes later, we'd have a fantastic meal. You can do the exact same thing, and there's tons of variety. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week. These are chef-prepared meals, and let me tell you, they are delicious. No fuss, no mess. You just put it in the microwave, and two minutes later, you have a meal. This is tailored to your schedule. You can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Head to factormeals.com slash earn50 and use your code earn50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code earn50 at factormeals.com slash earn50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
Let me reintroduce you. We are talking to Ryan Connell. He left his engineering career in 2022 to start living more deliberately and find a new path in life thanks to the Financial Independence Retire Early Movement. And Lynn Frere, who is the site owner of FiHealthcare.com and also the FinanciallySavvyNurse.com. And we are talking a Fi Healthcare calculator. How do we decide how much money to put away for our healthcare spending in the future? Ryan, tell me how you foresee people using this calculator in the future. The main way I foresee people using this calculator in the future is to bound their understanding of what their healthcare expenses are. If you go in, grab your numbers just for today, put it into the calculator, get out a five significant figure number and call it done, then you are not doing yourself justice. The best thing you can do because your health expenses are unknowable, you don't know what's going to happen to you is to look at lots of different things on the exchanges. There's some really interesting variables that you can play with in terms of what your deductible and out-of-pocket expenses are. The industry is very opaque. People don't understand with all these different plans which one is the best one for them. So you can figure out which one long-term seems to be the best financial option for you. You can also go on to exchanges for other states. One of the things that we learned when we started talking to people in the room is that different states have varying, very different healthcare expenses. And so that was a great place where you might be able to do geo-arbitrage just by moving to another state. People talk about it in terms of taxes, but you can do it in terms of healthcare. You can also see, well, what if I went from being healthy today to being very unhealthy and I had a chronic expense that showed up sort of thing? How much does that move the number? How much more wiggle room do I need? And then you can assess how that margin of error compares to your finance plan. And do you think that you could handle those different contingencies? Are you comfortable living more today, knowing that you might have to fill in this hole later? Or do you want to wait and and handle a worst case scenario before you make the leap? That's the real strength of the calculator is it rapidly lets you assess all these different contingencies and figure out how big could this problem be? How small could this problem be? And how do I optimize for myself? Lynn, at the risk of being repetitive, but I want to be really clear here, what problems does this calculator solve specifically? The calculator is a good estimate for what your healthcare costs could be in the future for every year up until your death. This is supposed to summarize year by year and add them up, including inflation, healthcare inflation, out-of-pocket maximum, deductibles, and give you a solid number in order to be able to plan for financial independence and to demystify the cost of healthcare from today or the day of your retirement all the way to the end. Ryan, what limitations did you come up with? Were there things that you, no matter how hard you tried, you felt like you couldn't solve for? There are a number of things. Some of them are because we wanted to get this conversation started. It really has been too long seeing how long the rest of the fire community has been moving that we haven't tackled healthcare. So some of the things that it doesn't handle, right? It doesn't handle out-of-network expenses. This is all an in-network health expense perspective. So you need to understand what of any out-of-network health expenses you have in the future and account for those in your planning. It also doesn't cover something called sequence risk. This is what the Trinity study covered in terms of investing. From a sequence risk perspective, you could have a lot of your health expenses in the next few years for some reason. You could also have some of your worst returns in the next few years. The ways for people that want to use the calculator that want to that have concerns about sequence risk 
is to pull back on numbers like what is your average return on investment that you want to assume in the calculator. So you have knobs there that you can play with to handle some of these things, but we're not doing Monte Carlos. We're not doing advanced mathematics in those senses to handle lots of different contingencies that could happen to you. We're trying to make this really approachable and really understandable, put the formula out there so people can comment on it and we can get the community working on it. Another one that doesn't happen is high fidelity Medicare calculations. We're using the average value for Medicare. You can adjust on that if you wish. You can inflate it or decrease it. We think that because a lot of people's health expenses happen as they get older and later in life, that using an average across your life means it'll pull some of those expenses forward and be on the conservative side, but you can adjust that. But I think there's a lot more work with people that want to do like their plan A, plan B, plan C, break it out, be able to figure out what the best Medicare plan for them could be. So there's limited fidelity on the Medicare side right now. It also doesn't cover less common forms of healthcare, things like TRICARE for veterans. It also doesn't cover health sharing ministries. There's no taxes in there. And we already talked about policy changes. If people change healthcare and the policy and the legislative side of things, that could really change the calculations over the next 30 to 60 years that people are using this calculator over. But we want people to be able to move forward with their life. Even though there's all these effects that we can handle in the future, you ask any engineer or mathematician about any problem, and there's always some next thing to work on. That's what keeps all the professors busy. This is close enough that you can decide, are you in the right ballpark and start living your life today? Because if you do have some big health expense in the future, I bet you wish you had started living your life today in hindsight. Lynn, do you think there's a bias towards worst case scenario? I imagine when you were making this calculator, you're trying to be fairly conservative. The other thing is we talked about healthcare policy and legislation changing, but the majority of healthcare policy and legislation hopefully will actually make healthcare costs less in the future, given the fact that we seem to be in such a horrible place. So kind of to repeat the question, do you think in a sense that probably what you have now is more of a worst case scenario as opposed to people using it and finding that it's off? I think that it does err on the side of probably being much more than you're going to need. I think that's a responsible thing to do. I also, I just want to add in a message of hope because when people see the number and because we probably did err on the side of being conservative, with which I think is the right decision, that the future is unknowable. And if you see and you calculate and you find that your numbers are slightly off for healthcare because of a policy change or because of healthcare inflation, this is something that is fixable. You would have 20 to 25 years notice or more that healthcare costs are slightly different than you calculated. So that could mean maybe in three years picking up a part-time yoga job to compensate or maybe taking five trips in a year instead of seven in your early retirement each year. These are things that we have control over. And I think people really catastrophize potentially the impact, but don't look at the value of their life and doing what they dream of, adding to the value of the world. I know this is sounding really visionary and woo-woo, but I am afraid that people are holding back on their lives for a fear that has been placed in us. And if we can get some real numbers and know that we're truly empowered to make some adjustments to that in our early retirement, that people could go on to add quite a bit more to the world. And this part is holding them back. Ryan, what Lynn is saying right now is that there is optimism moving forward. And 
actually, as I'm looking at your website, one of the things that I'm very optimistic about is this idea that you all created this and put this out there to help people. And in fact, you made the decision right there on phihealthcare.com to show the full actual mathematical formula you used. In a sense, you've made this open source. Ryan, talk about the decision to put it out there. I mean, this could, you know, this is proprietary information. You possibly could either make money using this or, you know, this is the secret sauce, Ryan. Why did you put it out there and and let everyone see it? That was something we actually talked about quite a bit at the Camp Fi as this thing was was being born. And everybody, I think, was on the exact same page that healthcare is something that prevents our loved ones and the people we care about sometimes from moving forward with living their life. And by putting it out there in the way that we're putting it out there, we're helping everyone. And we're also making it open for conversation, similar to how you would with a publication. We want it to be open source. We want people to build on this. We want to have the opportunity to come back 10 years from now and somebody's made the next generation of a health FI healthcare care calculator that's even better than the one that we've built. And in order to do that, we have to say where we're at. Nobody, when we were building this, felt like they needed to be monetized or paid or in some way the world needed to to pay us for this from an IP perspective. So we're really, we're really happy that we were able to do it this way. And I'm excited to see what comes from it in the future. Lynn, have you had a chance to give the calculator a spin? Can you talk about maybe some people who've used it or how you've seen that people have integrated it into their financial plan? Yes, we tested it. I tested it many times. Many of us tested it before we even brought it out. Then we had a round of testers and now it's out into the world. So I'm getting feedback and I'm getting great feedback. I would love more detailed feedback. (laughs) This is great. This is what I was thinking. I feel so more hopeful. This is my retirement date. And I wanted to share, I did get one kind of, uh, this, this comment makes me laugh. Not the best, but pretty much what I thought. (laughs) <laughs> like as in the calculator is not the best. So I wrote back and I said, well, it's not it's not the worst or it is the worst. And it's also the best because it's the only one. <laughs> so do you have any specific feedback for how it could be better? And I haven't heard back yet. And I don't think I'm going to. But I would love to know, you know, if people aren't I'm only hearing good feedback right now. So I would love to know more detail. I would love to have more people partner with us and really make this as robust as we can. Now, I am self-funding all of this, of course, and I'm hiring sometimes people to help me. So there is the limitation of that. I am considering partnering with with folks who want to make something more elaborate that have better funding than I do at some point, unless we get volunteers to, to help us make it more robust. But to get a really robust calculator where you take into algorithms from, um, you know, governmental bodies it takes like a big team and lots and lots of money. So yeah, the quest the future is sort of a question mark for this, but I'm excited to see what it starts. Ryan, I feel like you guys have drawn a line in the sand. And the reason why is I've been paying attention to financial independence. I've been looking at these calculations forever. You are the first group who's actually separated out healthcare from everything else. Do you think that's the future? I mean, I'm thinking about going to your financial coach, someone who is helping you through financial independence. Do you think that's going to be the new norm is, okay, let's look at your healthcare costs, let's look at everything else, and let's start a, start planning on your future? I think it is in a sense that there are expenses that don't necessarily work well with a safe withdrawal rate. 
One of the best parts about the FIRE movement to people that are coming to it cold is that the shockingly simple math, to quote a blog post from Mr. Money Mustache, is very, very approachable. It's very easy to do. It aligns well with the focus on on getting all your expenses understood and quantified, and it makes it very approachable. When people actually start doing the numbers, there are effects that are bigger than just the, the simple math in the safe withdrawal rate. Healthcare is one of the first big ones. This idea of taking present value to future value to present value is something I've personally done for myself to look at contingencies like what if we had kids and that was only going to work for, say, the first 18 years of their life? What if I wanted to pay for someone's college education? That's a huge expense, but it's limited in its in its time frame that it happens. And so there's a number of these kinds of things. If you want to quantify the value of Social Security and how much does that impact my FI number? To date, everyone's just kind of said, well, some of these things are hedges and their insurance, and they're the reason why you believe 4% instead of 3%, those sorts of effects. But the actual, the ability to quantify it and see how those magnitudes compare to the magnitudes of the rest of the things you're working on, I think is for people that want to take that next step. It's it's a very value-added thing for you to do. Lynn, let's talk about outside the United States. I mean, the FIRE movement, financial independence, is growing everywhere. It is not just a local phenomenon. We're seeing it throughout Europe and other countries also. Obviously, other countries have different healthcare systems, but are there parts of the calculator that could work anywhere, or do you really see this as only a U.S.-based system? Yes, let's talk about that. So my uncle lives in another country in Europe. And he's also a patent attorney. So he did, he was so perplexed by my offering of this intellectual property equation freely. So first of all, there's that. But no other country is as concerned about this variable as the United States for two reasons. Ours is the most opaque. And the second reason is it's the most expensive. So other countries are more able to calculate early retirement in the way that we calculate food and food inflation because there are much, many more fixed costs, many more, uh, fewer variables in the calculation in most other countries. And if there are variables, they are at a different scale. We have twice as much the healthcare cost per GDP as any other industrialized nation, not necessarily better outcomes and many times worse. So you can use it and it will be a lot simpler, and the number will be a lot smaller in any country. Interesting, but still usable, because actually the variables, you can substitute different variables for different countries, but the same ideas they use are these set amounts, these set costs that you can at the, least estimate. The w- one piece of it that actually, you know, as I'm thinking about it, the pre-Medicare number calculator will be effective. Post-Medicare is when it would break for people outside of the country. They have the ability to set their Medicare age. So if you set your Medicare age to your death age, then you effectively just use the first half of the calculator. So Ryan, I'm interested in this idea that obviously this is a starting point. Have you guys already planned to have a working group for improvements over time? Are you planning on reevaluating this calculator from time to time and kind of building in new variables as they come along? Right now, there's no active team planning to do that. Lynn is the thread that continues to move this forward. She's getting all the feedback. A lot of the people that worked on this are excited. They want to see it continue to live and thrive. And I'm sure when we all get together again at Camp Fi next year, we're going to be talking about it at some point. Depending on how it evolves, we'll see where people get engaged. And that's one of the beauties of FIRE is you work on projects like this. 
And depending on how the project goes and how you feel, things either continue to evolve, people might decide, hey, this is good enough, or maybe somebody that has access to more information will take the next step for us now that we've put it out into the public domain. So any of those outcomes are great. But right now, the working group is just waiting for enough feedback and activity and energy to warrant standing it up. Well, Ryan and Lynn, I wanted to thank you for coming on today. You know, during this conversation, it really hits me, this idea that Healthcare has always been unpredictable. And because it's unpredictable, it causes us a huge amount of anxiety, especially when we're talking about our financial future. What you've done here is what pretty much the Trinity study did for retirement in general. Because it was a black box and it was a very scary, the Trinity study helped us model a way forward. And up until this point, we've never had a way forward with healthcare. And I feel this Phi Healthcare Calculator is exactly that. It models and helps us predict. And by giving us a framework, it relieves our anxiety and actually, I think, will help people meet their goals and make some of these difficult, difficult decisions about when to retire and when to let go of specifically employer-based insurance I want to end this episode the way and every episode by asking you what is up next in your life and where we can find you. Lynn, let's start with you. What is coming up for Lynn Frere? And after that, what's the best way to reach you? Well, I just always love lots of projects and I just started a TikTok <laughs> uh, where nurses talk about money at Lynn Frere 250. I'm also working with the various companies in the fintech domain to create products that are great for healthcare workers and a great way to reach me about healthcare related and healthcare costs is hello at fihealthcare.com. And Ryan Connell, tell us what is up next with you and specifically where can people reach out to you? So up next for me is unknown and that's how I want it. One of the beauties that I love about fire is that it gives you agency back over your life. So my best days right now are the days where I wake up and I decide on the fly that morning how I'm going to spend my time and what I'm going to do. I spent so many of my years with a structure and a corporation and management having sort of laid out exactly what those next step in life for me were going to be, that having that freedom is really exciting. In terms of what I tend to be doing, I'm, I'm loving the outdoors. I spent five years here in Colorado and I'm finally getting out into the mountains on a regular basis. And it's really great for my soul. If you want to reach me specifically about the FI Healthcare Calculator, I would say reach out through Lynn's website and she'll be able to get you in touch with me. This has been the Earn and Invest podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I'd like to thank Lynn Frere and Ryan Connell. That's a wrap. Earn and Invest is now part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to this show as well as other fine podcasts. Awesome. I'm going to keep things running just for a few minutes so we get bits of the after show. Um, I really want to congratulate you guys. This was a major undertaking. Again, this was something that, at least from as far as I can tell, has never been done before and answers a really important question, right? So never done before and answers an important question. 
I think this adds significantly to our understanding of what financial independence really looks like and what our needs are. And I think you will relieve a lot of anxieties by doing what you've done. So I really wanted to congratulate you for doing that because that that's important because this is scary stuff. Yeah, that is probably one of the hugest compliments I could hear. That's exactly what I always dreamed of for this. And when you described it as the Trinity study or doing the quote you used, doing what the Trinity study did for early retirement, we're doing for healthcare. That is exactly what I had hoped for and envisioned. And to hear it from somebody observing it and concluding that themselves is probably like gives my life meaning, to be honest. It really does. And Ryan and Aaron, there was 10 different people who brought this all together. So it would not have been what it is without each of them. But truly, I do hope that this honestly adds value to thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands or millions of people's lives as this iterates and gets out for public use and to demystify something that's been opaque for for the entire history where healthcare costs have been so high. Yeah, the financial okay. independence is the name of our movement, but there's a lot more that we're dependent on our jobs for than just the income stream. And it makes me sad when I hear people say things like, I do I do this job for the benefits. Because it means to me, especially when you look at this calculator and you go on the exchanges, that they probably don't have the knowledge yet. It's too opaque to understand how the benefits work and what is available to them. And this calculator is breaking down some of those remaining barriers of dependence that are keeping people from moving their lives in the direction they want to go. And actually, yeah, what? Go ahead. I was just going to say. <laughs> Here we go. I was just going to say, you guys mentioned that there was about 10 of you working on it. And I'm looking at your blog post about the calculator. And I feel like we should at least call out the people who are also involved besides you too. Uh, the contributors were Stephen Boyer, who's an accountant, founder of Camp Fi, Kevin Carter, software engineer, Aaron Gens, early retired systems engineer, Sam Ferguson, a professional mathematician, Keith Nugent, an early retired VP of software training, Joel Olson, an early retired teacher, Ralph Steikleather, a math specialist, and Jason Yamnitz, a technical product manager. So that was just kind of some of the people who were mm -hmm. involved and really added to this calculator. Yeah, thank you. I do try to list them all every time I talk about this. So I really appreciate you catching that. Yes, it wouldn't have been done. And it certainly wouldn't have been what it is without each of their contributions. Yeah, I'm definitely excited things? about this. And I, I'm excited to see how people use it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that the big diverse group contributed was the fact, in addition to the different states, was that your income level has a huge impact on what your costs are. And one of the great things about the exchanges is you can go in there and look at, hey, what if I fired or, or changed my income level and went to a barista fi or a coast fi kind of position? What would that do to my healthcare expenses? And that can dramatically change your premiums and things when you start getting credits applied to your expenses. So it really helps there. Yeah, premium subsidy is income dependent or MAGI dependent. And some people have, you can have different feelings about that, especially if you're in the financial independence world. So the subsidies are optional. 
So if that's something that is against your moral code, that is optional. Just like taking a parent deduction for having children is optional. This is something that you can decide to elect the benefit of or not. Yeah. And that's what's kind of cool just is is the is all those different variables. And we can account for all that, right? We can mm-hmm. and you can make those choices, ethical, economical, yeah. et cetera. Doc, we're talking- can you oh wow, we're we were really good at not interrupting and now we're all like <laughs> go ahead, Ryan. I just want to talk about this while we're on Doc G's show. We talk about finance in this community, which is a taboo, but Doc G's also opened the door to talking about death, which I think is a great thing for us to start talking about as a community. And one of the aspects that come into play with financial planning in the healthcare sense is if you have that really catastrophic condition that you're worried about and you want to do a worst case type scenario, there's a high probability that that worst case scenario will probably happen towards the end of your life, just based on the way that health going really bad tends to correlate with the death moment and like actuarial events. So if you put it in the calculator that you're going to have a really, really bad condition, you might not have to plan out for 60 years into the future. You might only have to run that scenario for maybe 20 or 30 years into the future or something along those lines. So don't, don't put in, you're going to be right at death's door for 60 years straight. Um, And I think that's another kind of message of hope is that if you're worried about worst case scenarios, you don't have to propagate as long into the future as you thought. And this calculator can help you play with that. Yeah. Which I also like, because at least my messaging is if you really think you're going to die young, then you need to start thinking about how you want to use that tool of money now as well as in the future. And so I love that variability. Yeah, I there's a chance of running out of money and you can plan for it. And there are these less than 1% likelihood events. But there's also this very good chance that you'll run out of life potentially. Well, it's a 100% chance, but it could be before <laughs> you expect it. And I think that when we look at these things, we have to counter that with You've just got a certain amount of life energy in your life, as Vicki says, Vicki Robin, from your money or your life. You have life energy. And that's this trade-off between how you spend your time now and money. And so we each have to make an individual decision. But delaying is not at no cost. It's maybe at a financial benefit, but it's at a time loss potentially. And I really want people to think about that trade-off. Yeah. What I also really love about this is Ultimately, almost all these decisions, there's two big variables, right? There's the calculations, right? Which mathematically you guys have now put a number on. And then there's the ethics and values. And so, you know, I think up to this point when it came to healthcare, we could potentially figure out our ethics and values and what's important to us, but we didn't have the calculation piece. And that's, I think, what you really solve for. Thank you. Could you, Lynn, talk a little bit about your your scenario, because I think that answers one of those things that existentially really worry people from a planning perspective. And I think that your story is kind of a story of hope for people from a financial perspective as to how that this is not like a 60 year um, Mm -hmm. sentence in terms of financial financial impact. Yeah. So personally, and this is why I really got into the healthcare costs idea is so I started investing my babysitting money at 12 
And then I got a brain tumor in my late 20s. So all my investments and everything went to healthcare costs. And over the course of the next three years, this is before out-of-pocket maximums existed. And I worked for a health system. And I was over the course of the next few years spent a hundred thousand dollars out of pocket. So we don't have this, we have out of pocket maximums now, but this is before that time. And I had a special kind of brain tumor, of course. And I really learned so much from the process. But so it took away everything that I had. I had put money from my the value of my home, took out loans. But I was able to get back and financially independent in my late 30s. So this is my late 20s, was able to recover in a few years. And then as a nurse, which is below median income in our area, my husband worked as he was a stay-at-home dad, so doesn't pay well. And we were still able to do this. So I'm kind of a worst case scenario in a way of if you have a catastrophic event, and most people would describe that as a catastrophic, I had to learn how to walk again, and you're still able to recover. You know, I don't want you to hold your whole life back because of this possibility. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I I mean, your story is incredible. Um, And we see this over and over again in different ways, right? So you had a catastrophic health event. We also see people in their 50s and 60s who all of a sudden get religion and realize they have to manage their money and within short periods of time make huge differences in their finances. Um, which gets back to that optimism. I think a lot of times it's a lack of knowledge, a lack of the tools that makes us so afraid and makes us think so pessimistically. And um, when we realize that it can be done and that there are tools and that there are numbers behind it and that we can change our behavior in such a way to make things better, um, we start seeing that even what seems like catastrophe doesn't have to necessarily stunt the rest of your life, which I think you're a perfect example of. And I think we have tons of really great examples of that in this community. The corporate world is like the ocean. It's alluring, but it's also full of deadly creatures that can shred you to pieces. It becomes kind of like a Game of Thrones political arena where everyone's trying to murder you to get your job. My family doesn't come from corporate background, so I didn't have any sort of guidance in that. This is not your typical work podcast. Sometimes you need to be empathetic. And then there are times that you ask for input, but you don't really give a shit. <laughs> Listen to the Ambi Award-nominated podcast, Surfing Corporate. <laughs> Stretch opportunity. What is this, yoga class? Get out of here. Tech moves fast, so keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts.